Welcome to the Life in the Stocks podcast, ladies and gentlemen. My name's Matt Stocks. I'm the host, and the show features unedited, in-depth, candid conversations with a wide range of musicians, actors, comedians, and creatives. If you're not already, be sure to subscribe to Life in the Stocks on your favorite podcast platform. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and indeed all major podcast platforms. Be sure to give me a follow on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok as well, at MattStocksDJ. That way you can keep up to date with all of my live Q&A dates, my DJ performances, and of course, who's coming up on the show as well. But without further ado, let's crack on with the show, shall we? Here we go. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. So, Glenn Canick. Canick, yeah. Let's start there. I'm from Birmingham, born right. and raised. Mm. And it's always been fascinating to me, obviously beyond the obvious examples of Sabbath and Priest. Mm-hmm. You've got even Slash, you know, began his life sure, in Stoke. Stoke yeah. Lemmy, um, Stoke. yourself, mm. the Led Zeppelin connection. Do you think there's anything particularly unique about this part of the world that, you know, lends itself to rock and roll music? You know, or do you think I, it's just a series of happy coincidences? When I... Th- when I really think about it, when I think about the Beatles and Liverpool and the 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 the, the, the kind of music from the sixties, like the Mersey Beats and you know, the Beatles and and there was a definitive sound of Merseyside from the the, the numerous bands that were from there, and in London it would have been the Stones and the Who, the more working class aggressiveness the Yardbirds, the Kinks, sort of, you know, that. And then in the in the Midlands, you know, kicking off with, I'd say, you know, uh, John and Bonzo and, and my mates, they're all my mates, and, and Sabbath, of course, you know, and Moody Blues, my mentors. If you didn't know, they, they're the ones that got me started <clears throat> from Birmingham. And, and the, you, the move with Birmingham as well, right? The move, of course. Yeah, yeah. And 
and just anybody out there that didn't know that I almost well I, I I did join ELO for a couple of weeks did you you know they were about to make the first record and I did say to Roy and, and Jeff why would you want me you know I was only a child to come in when you got yourself singing they wanted me to be a singer with them I joined them for a couple of weeks then I went back to trapeze I didn't think it would be the right thing for me to do but I would love to have played with them. But Roy's a dear, they're both dear friends, but Roy was very close. And um, Trapeze was um, Wolverhampton-based. Right. Who had a claim in America. You know, and you got Judas Priest, they're all my friends. All the kids from the Midlands, all the bands, iconic or not, are all dear friends of mine. Call it where you come from, you know, West Midlands, East Midlands, you know, it's like we're family in this part of the world. I think Scousers are the same and and Glaswegians, you know, they all family, you know, that's why I see it. It's that notion, I guess, as well, of all coming up together, isn't it? So you can trace. Yeah, we, we're all, I think. I say this with love and respect. All the guys I've just mentioned who are iconic uh, musicians and bands are all working class. Yeah. Toilets down the garden, you know, bath once a week syndrome from the 50s and 60s. None of us were born with spoons in our mouths. And that's also a big part of it, you know. When you were, is it 18, when things really started going mm. kind of quite well stateside as well for Japan? <clears throat> yeah. And it's funny now, isn't it? Because we, we sort of briefly mentioned a moment ago about the, the record business now. But mm. then it wasn't unusual for people to be on their way to becoming stars before they turned 21. You know, you look at the Beatles and a lot of these mm. teenage groups and you don't really see that so much anymore, do you? Was, did it feel like you were being thrust into an adult mm. world prematurely or well, did it just feel like the normal thing then? with trapeze i did 12 us tours before purple and i started playing to five people in 1970 and ended up in 73 before purple playing to 10,000 people a night with my own music the songs were written as a child that was the most fulfilling part of my career to have success on my own back, you know, and it was very fulfilling for me. It still is very fulfilling uh, to work extremely hard. It's really important for me. So that was almost the golden, innocent age, was it? Very innocent. I wouldn't call it golden. Uh, very innocent. It was the most inventive time for me. Joining Deep Purple was different because the band was established. Yeah. Working with those guys, playing the music they were making was a little different for me. Trapeze was my baby. My songs and arrangements and stuff, and it was life-changing for me, completely life-changing. I mean, your life outside of your career has been, you know, quite the ride, hasn't it? And you've obviously been to some low places and triumphed mm. and and i wonder if you wouldn't mind just sort of talking me through the the introduction <clears throat> into your life of you know narcotics when i was a young man 
I was a mid-teen, I was 15. I had never drank. I, and the kids drinking at 12 these days. I had a first drink at my cousin's wedding when I was 15, and I ended up waking up in a pig farm after one bottle of cider. And I, looking back, I go, I should have known then there was a problem. And I didn't really take another drink till I was 18. Started drinking beer because I was jealous of my friends that could drink beer. Had bella be beer, beer bellies, you know. Then I started drinking a little bit more when I joined Big Purple. John Lord was drinking fine cognac. So I started to get a, a taste for the fine cognac. I wasn't drinking alcoholically. The alcoholic in me came out when I found the drug thing. I want to be perfectly clear, clear here for anybody listening that wants to address this. Um, back in the early 70s, there was no such thing as addiction of cocaine. And, you know, it was a pretty much a thing we didn't know about. Yeah. You know, cocaine was a drug for people that had money that could afford to buy it. <clears throat> people were giving it to me because I was famous. <laughs> yeah. You know, go figure. And, you know, I thought, you know, I'll have a little bit of this, a little bit of that. Didn't realize it was a problem until it was a problem. Did I want to become an addict? Absolutely not. Did I enjoy it? Absolutely not. Could I stop? Absolutely not. Did I want to? Towards three or four years of that behavior? Yes but it's difficult when you're involved in it and you're 28 years old. And, you know, um, sitting in my home in LA at that time, just wallowing in, in, in nothing, just sitting around doing nothing, but having a little fun with my mates, you know, and then realizing um, this isn't life. Then, of course, you know, when I got sober, I had, less, I, I had 15 years in the wilderness. Was that how long it was? So from it was, was a, it from, I, it, it, from 1976 or, so to 1991 were the years where if anybody out there met me, I don't remember it because I was not the man I am today. I say this with respect. I won't change that because I'm now, it's made me the man I am today. Um, It may have seemed like I lost 15 years, but I'm a, I'm a way better person than I am. I mean, I'm so changed. I'm such a different man. And I'm one of the lucky ones that had a divine intervention from my higher power causing a heart attack on Boxing Day 1991 to a lot of, a lot of cocaine. When I say cocaine, please, I'm not being grandiose. It was a thing that, a lot of people were doing back then, you know, in the entertainment business, you know, actors and athletes, athletes as well, and and uh, movie stars, rock stars. <clears throat> and as you say, if you're in that world, everybody around you is just putting it in front of you, aren't they? It it for and this is going to sound a little bit weird, but when you're in profile, when you've got a lot of followers, when you've got a lot of people following you, you people give you stuff. I've been given cars, horses, women drugs and a quite ridiculous list of things <laughs> what is the most single most ridiculous thing you've ever been given Glenn 
well, a horse, because I didn't yeah. know, have nowhere to put it. <laughs> and it was a beautiful horse, and I really felt bad about it. But for me, I am one of the unlucky ones that I didn't set on the path to become an addict. I thought I was having some fun, and so I, 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 a lot of videos of me having fun were not fun. Looking back at them, I'm going, well, my body movements, my composure... I was talking too much. I, I didn't look like Glenn. I've studied myself in, in recovery. Yeah, of course. I work with other people in recovery for years now. Behavior. I was one of the lucky ones. I won't name names, but there are people who have done drugs like me that have never recovered from it with their talent has suffered. They're still alive, but they never quite came they back. They have not been able to fulfill their dreams and wishes and potential right they may have made the money but they can't regain the the challenge to perform i'm one of the lucky ones people say that i sing better now in 2018 than i did in 1976 very simple i was inebriated stoned couldn't breathe properly, couldn't stand up properly, my paranoia. And you take away those things, you give me a microphone now, and it's on. Because it's like a blank canvas, right? And you're ready to blank shine. Canvas. It's a blank canvas. What sort of a role did music play, Glenn, in your rehabilitation and recovery? And was, <clears throat> that, was that key? Not much. No? Not much at all. So where did you find the, the strength and the inspiration to... I got clean and sober, not because of my girlfriend job money or parents i got sober because i was tired of living that life tired of lying to people tired of hiding tired of never showing up tired of being overweight tired of not sleeping the way i see it you people do things to the extent where they go to the and they go damn it i just can't do this anymore and unlucky those unlucky don't do that they die they die i've lost so many friends that have done that they didn't show up at my house because they were dead truly didn't come to a party they didn't come to stay at my home where they normally stay because they died friends of mine famous or not famous i am one of the lucky guys I say that with gratitude that God has chosen me to carry the message. And have you found that through your recovery, you've met a lot of different people from different walks of life and allowed yourself to integrate Many. into other areas of... Because I, I imagine when you're in the fame bubble, you're sort of secluded from the real world, quote-unquote, I you? get... This is going to sound rather grandiose. I get people on every tour I do. Many, many people in person, from the audience, in a meet, meet and meet greets on the street, thanking me for saving their life through my actions on the internet, through my devout. I'm very, 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 very akin to what people's needs are with alcohol and drugs. I talk to people. I allow people in to my life. And I, I there's a couple of famous people, I won't name names, who are been asking me for help lately and I've been helping them 
I know I'm studying Buddhism now, and I know that my giving back is all... My life is about giving now. I've done it all. I have it all. But it's all material, and it can be gone tomorrow. I can't be buried in my nice car or in my nice house or in nice clothes. You can't take we, it with you. We're all going to go in a box in whatever. It's, we, we, can, we can't take it. My happiness comes from inside. I call it an inside job. It's all inside. And surround myself with loving, nurturing people. Are you a father? I'm no father. I wish. I'm a father to many animals. <laughs> and lost souls, right? <laughs> or now, I no just longer love lost. animals. Me and my wife don't have children. We didn't we'd get the opportunity to, to have them. It's not to say we didn't want them, but it didn't quite work out that way. So, yeah. Have you found as well that through Buddhism, um, do you find that the mind and the body are very connected more so than a lot of people realize? And it is that whole notion of a healthy mind. It's not really body. about the body. It's the mind. The mind is all encompassing. The body is trails way behind it. My mind. Oh, if you got to spoke to me two years ago, you'd have known I'm a very calm person now. It's all in the mind for me. Our mind is a dangerous place if we're not prepared to face our fear. Absolutely, yeah. Fear is the killer. We are all driven as humans by a hundred forms of fear. In Buddhism, there's no such thing as fear. There's delusions, there's grandiosity, lies, cheating, and stuff like that. We have to realize that if we continue to do that, we're not gonna. We're not gonna be. We, when we pass, up, we, we never die. The soul never dies. I'm not being religious now and talking spiritually. I know my soul has been here since the beginning of the universe. You're talking about energy. And it will, energy, yes, yeah. exactly. And it will continue. My thing about this life, on this time right now, in this little part of my life, will go on to the next one. What I'm doing is preparing another life. I'm trying to, to the best of my ability, be as close to goodness and kindness as I can. And tranquility, peace and love. Peace and love. My friends say it in America all the time, peace and love. It's true. And it's so simple, isn't it? It doesn't need to be complicated. I, I've never lived in a world of hate, but when I was drinking heavily, I used to be around loud, obnoxious people. When I got clean and sober, you I can't stand be, to be around, around those loud people, people yeah, anymore, not bad. screaming and yelling. My wife and I have been together almost 20 years. We've never raised our words, never had a... Uh, it, it just doesn't in my, in my life. If you see my show, you'll know that the guy up on that stage is not that guy from years ago. People say strange things about me. They say ho awful things about me. They say nice things about me, but they say things that are so ridiculously wrong. Yes, I've been that bad guy. Yes, I've done this and I've done that. But I've done a lot of good stuff. Since I don't. I don't want to be applauded for it. People don't know who they are, so they have to attach their troubles to someone else. Uh, somebody said to me when I got sober. Somebody I know that you know said, "When you start becoming profile again, you're going to have people try and tear you down, and that's what people do." You read the Sunday Mirror, the Sunday whatever, the people whatever these magazines. 
you know, they're always having a go at Ronaldo, they're having a go at, you know, Princess Diana, even when she's dead, you know, they, they're still having a go at people. It's like, it's it's not good. Man. Well, now we have this thing called the internet as well, where everybody likes to take pops at people, right? The things I read about Mia are ridiculous. Re- they're, they're, they're funny, but sometimes they're so damn stupid, you know. You know, it's so unreal. He's Glenn, a, really a woman. Is he? Is he gay? And he's he have to wear a wig? And it's like it's it just what it just what it, what it doesn't. If what if I did? Yeah, it doesn't have any. What if I did have a wig? What if I was gay? And what if I you know, I was a woman? It doesn't matter. You know, it it's like it's like it, it can't it can't hurt me. You know, I shouldn't be paying attention to it. <laughs> it's hard sometimes to to switch off and not <clears throat> and I, engage with I those negative team that do a lot of my work. So you get to put up the force yeah, field. It's like and... you know, I feel sorry for people that that don't. I don't attach myself to that anymore. Just can't do it. It seems like I'm a little bit upset by it. No, no, only because it makes sense. They say some things. They're just rude people out there, and they should be so rude, you know. It doesn't do a damn thing to me. It just, oh, come on now. Well, it's like you say, you just feel sorry for them that there's that much lacking in their life that they feel the need to feel better about themselves mm-hmm. by attacking other people. What I do for people across the planet outweighs all the things that people say about me. And There you go. I give, give, and give, give. I mean, me and my missus are really donate to lots of charities. I believe if you have money, you have to give it back. And that's what we do, you know. Gabby and I have... That's... I was... She was raised to be that way. And, you know, I'm very lucky to find her, you know, so... Yeah. The Buddhism thing has really changed my life. Who is it who switched you on to it? gentleman called Atma, A-T-M-A, Nambi, N-A-M-B-I, from India. He's 23 years enlightened, and he's been my my guru. If you look at pictures of me in the last four or five months, you'll notice that one in every three, there's orbs in all the pictures. If you go on Instagram or Twitter, any pictures of me lately, you'll see the orbs. And if you Google orbs, you'll figure out what they are, and they're guiding spiritual things. I must say, Glenn, I love your nails as well, what you've done with them, oh, or just, just the thumbs there. I forgot I wear that's, them, yeah. That's a nice so flash So I'm very much into spiritualism, as you see. When my, both my parents passed away and I was with them, I saw things that were beautiful. Death isn't beautiful, but it was a beautiful... They were beautiful deaths, if I can say that. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's so the in, spirit going on, isn't it? I saw, I saw some things that... I won't discuss with you, but I saw things that made me realize there is an afterlife. So people, you may not know who this guy is talking to you, but just be aware there is an afterlife. Be very, very aware that we must be very kind and generous to those around us on this planet. And that's, I think, a good mantra for anybody, whether you're spiritual or religious or not, right? It's just try and be a kind person. I have a lot of agnostics follow me and atheists. Yeah. That question my belief. I say this to them all. My father was agnostic. Five years before he died, he realized that his son was so clean and sober, and so in the moment, he changed his belief to being a man of God. 
I didn't tell him to. He, he saw me working my program. I say this to everybody out there. Please be kind and good to your parents and your grandparents because we're all going to be old and we're all going to die. And when we die, we want to believe that we're going to be going to a good place, you know. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. When it comes to spirituality in regards to music, Glenn, because obviously there's this, you know, age-old debate that mm. rock and roll is sinful and the devil's music. And I think a lot of people who are enlightened or religious or spiritual sometimes have an inner struggle in regards to their day job as you know a, a quote-unquote rock star right do you see that as a, a hurdle a struggle do you actually look at it the other way as music and performance is part of the whole it's in life both really i mean does that make sense as yes, a sort of a, yeah music you know like I, I i got sober not to write another song and I, when I got sober, I found a gentleman to work with who was my right-hand man in 92. Uh, I have three new ones now because a couple of guys have passed away and, you know, I have to work with somebody, you know, men, a man. This first guy told me that I would go on to write better music. I'd go on to meet the woman of my dreams. I'd go on to have, you know... Not material stuff, but I'd, 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 I'd be a better man. I would be able to breathe easy. I'd lose some weight. I'd be um, healthy. And all those things have happened. I've never wanted material things. The things that have come to me first is my happiness, my sole purpose, my significant other, my surrounding myself with beautiful people. And the lastly is writing great new songs and revisiting my purple legacy being inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, winning many awards, and having greatness with Black Country Communion, four number one albums. What a great name for the band as well. Yeah, that's my name for the band. It was 
Two guys are from the black country. So. Yeah, back to the Midlands. Yeah. <laughs> so you don't see rock and roll as the devil's music? No. Obviously not. Look, you know, I was in Sabbath for a minute and those guys are my buddies and Geezer, Tony, Bill and, and uh, Ozzy are the family to me. Those guys aren't devil worshippers. Those guys are from Aston. Those guys are down the bog toilet and the, they haven't got a clue. It's just they... You know, the devil's music, like, I, I know, you know these Marilyn Manson dudes and Rob's Army, that's all, it's all just... Theatre. It's, it's all dead drinking. Well, actually, he does drink absinthe, doesn't he, Rob's Army? <laughs> I mean, Manson, Manson, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, you know, look, there are some devilish dudes out there, but I don't, you know, I don't, I don't go along with that. Can we... The devil's music, no, it ain't. <laughs> That's some mid fifties Americanism feeling that um, has burned all the Bill Haley records, you know. Yeah, they're going to snatch our children's souls and all of that. Yeah. Can we talk about Chad Smith? He's someone who's had a very profound impact on mm -hmm. your life, right? And he's my best friend. Yeah. I think those guys, for me as a fan of Chili Peppers and Jane's Addiction, obviously with Navarro and working with him as well, there's such a a tapped in again spirituality mm -hmm. to their music, isn't there? How did those sort of friendships and connections come around? Was it all at once, or because it was John Frusciante it, and, and yes, Dave it, and Chad? It wasn't comes it? when the seeker allows it to come. I wasn't seeking a friendship with Chad or John, but my spiritual connection was seeking that because Chad, if people that don't know, is the Chili Peppers drummer, Chad Smith is one of the nicest human beings I've ever met. He is my best friend. We met. I was best man at his wedding. Nice. Godfather to his child. He's my dearest friend. He's a kind, funny, giving man. And God, if I can say that, has placed these people around me. He also places people who aren't so nice so I can learn from it, you know. I just shove it aside and move on. I'm really kind to people, and, but I like to surround my pet. I got a handful of really close, really close friends, and they're in my life all the time. I speak to Chad every other day, and um, that's the way it is for me. I don't have time. I don't check this out. I don't have time for anybody in my life that is not loving and nurturing zero time yes i'll go on the street and talk to people yes i will help out but i have no time for people yelling and screaming and calling me stupid names i pray for them but i have no time cut out the negativity isn't it don't have time i don't know how long i'm on this planet i know i'm coming back in the next life it's guaranteed in my opinion. Now, people out there are going to go, what's he talking about? I know what I'm talking about. You believe what you believe. I know what I believe. It's very genuine to me. When I lost my parents, I saw things that I hope everybody sees, that your parents going to the next soul place. It's very, very real to me. My cousin saw it, and my assistant saw it. We all saw it. So I suppose it's the notion of, well, as everybody's truth is their own, isn't it? Yeah, it is, is. I'm not here to get on my soapbox and tell you. Nobody can tell you that the things you've seen and felt 
and experience aren't true no, because they haven't experienced I'm them. just genuinely telling you, if you could have talked to me two years ago before my dad died, my dad died as I'm getting inducted that night in New York at the Hall of Fame. He died that night as I was on stage. I knew he was sick. I was on the TV. I knew I, I didn't tell anybody around me. My wife knew. She was with me. But nobody at the table knew. And I, when I got my award, I was very, very... You could see it if you, if you Google it. I was very perturbed and upset. But I didn't talk about it. And I, you know, I flew back and it was service to my mom. And, and you know, it's like... Death is something that we have to go through. I'm so glad I was there for both my parents. It's the circle of life, isn't it? Yeah. Did you, did you ever come close yourself to, you know, passing through to the other side? Or did when you I manage heart, to check when I, yourself? When I had the heart before? attack in my home. In, in 91. My, I hit the deck from the drug and... I hit the deck and went in the bathroom and I looked in the mirror and there was somebody in the mirror that wasn't me. It's was almost like devilish. And I said to my girlfriend, out of sheer paranoia, I said, you got to drive me to the hospital now. And they told me when I got there, if I'd have gone to sleep, I would have died because I was having a heart attack. And in my brain, the oxygen was... So I was very lucky. That was the first port of call for me. <clears throat> that was the one that got my attention. Then I almost died when I was having my heart operation. They opened me up here five years ago. They had to paddle me back twice. That was not good. My wife told me I was out for six weeks in a blackout. That was that recovery was monumentally difficult. <clears throat> Most people wrote me off at that point. I took a year away. Until I made another... That's what I made resonate, really. I didn't really have much time to recover. And I'm fully recovered now. And what an amazing journey, Glenn. And, yeah. you know, you truly are an inspiration, uh, not just musically, but, you know, personally. Yeah. I do it for fun and for free. I, I've been very lucky to have made my life comfortable over the course of years. I've been very astute with my business you have to be these days you know and I surround myself with love my wife my my close friends <clears throat> people I employ it's all family to me it's all family and what would you say so far because obviously the story is still being written is your proudest achievement either personally or professionally just in life it's very simple my proudest achievement was putting the drugs and alcohol down. Putting the drugs and alcohol down. The second is helping others. To do the same. To get sober. Helping others to get clean and sober. And the third is to write songs that people connect to. All my songs, all are fact. They're no fiction. With Black Country, I wrote about, you know, I'm a messenger. And it's, a, and the, the, it's all about this message. It's all about love and trust and hope and, f and faith. That's all I can do. It's a very spiritually, love is supposed to be a pink little cloud, but I sing it 
in a very rock way, you know. And it's it's a strong message. And what's your secret to you know being slim, trim, agile, great <coughs> shape, sounding great physically on the kind of the the day to day work that you? I, put I am in? a vegan. That's um, it, right? Complete veganism. Um, working out, running, swimming, yoga, breathing, meditation. Big for me, meditation. Reading. I'm a book bookworm. Read a lot of books. I read a lot of books. It saves me. Um, and happiness. We have the choice in the morning, when our feet hit the ground, from getting out of bed, to be miserable or happy. It's quite simple. Today I'm going to be miserable. Today I'm going to be happy. I'm going to work on happiness. I do my meditation, get out of bed, and I hit the ground. I'm going, I'm happy. I'm happy, happy as I walk down the stairs. I'm happy, happy, happy. And sometimes it's a struggle, right? And it has, you know, it's not always something that comes easy, but it's worth. I guess what the final question would be for people out there, if they have real difficulty in the morning when they do wake up, putting on those particular sunglasses that give them the rose-tinted outlook to their day, what would you say would be like the best tip to a positive outlook and trying to change your life for the better up here mentally? I'm not sure if... Look, when I was penniless, you know, when I was penniless years ago, when I was in my a disease, when I was in a place of uh, not eating properly and not being able to, to take care of myself, I was happy that I was breathing. And now that I'm way better off, you know, I smell good, you know, I've lost weight. <laughs> I'm still happy. It's a state of mind, really. You've got to think good things because thoughts are powerful. We send a thought out to the universe and it, it, it's, it tracks and it's a very abundant and prosperous, very prosperous. I ask simply for love and love for people. I want people... It's very important for me when I meet somebody, even I don't speak, if I smile at somebody walking down the street, it's powerful. Very important. Glenn, thank you very much welcome, for your time. Man. It's been really uh, enlightening and enjoyable. My pleasure. And um, long may the you know quest and the journey continue. It's going to continue. Thank you kindly. Thank you, Matt. Put it there. Thank Thanks, you, man. listeners. God bless you all. catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? 
Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.